how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to episode 384, where I sat down with Darren DeGallo, the writer-director of the Dustin Hoffman sissy basic film, The Sam and Kate. Darren got started as an artist. He also worked as a storyboard artist and then got into writing and directing. While pursuing these roles, he met his future wife, Amy Adams. You know her from Arrival and Enchanted. It was there. She's the one actually who pushed him to write this script. Sam and Kate, the story follows a son who returns to a small hometown to take care of his alien father. The movie stars Dustin Hoffman and his real-life son, Jake Hoffman, along with Sissy Spacek, and her real-life daughter, Schuller Fisk. In this interview, Darren talks about shadowing Mike Nichols and Joe Wright, conversations with Spike Jones about character, how he creates his lookbooks for movies, being open to all, all ideas on set, and why creators need to be grateful for stress. I started off, I'm an artist. My background is painting and drawing, and I got a a BA in sculpting and, and drawing from a small school in Abilene, Abilene Christian University. Uh, and then I moved to LA when I was 21 and that was 27 years ago. Um, and so when I first moved out here, you know, in the back of my mind, I always thought I wanted to be an animator hmm. initially. Uh, and so I, when I moved out to, to LA, I got a job at DreamWorks through a, a mutual friend right when, when the company was forming and it was over in the animation department. And I ended up being in the editing and uh, story department. I was a PA. And so I started that and it, it was great. I got thrown into kind of the deep end and a company that was, you know, just starting. So a lot of behind the scenes acquired knowledge. I became friends with the first AD of that film. He started having me come down and read scratch with the actors that would come in and audition. <laughs> and, um, and I quickly started to realize, I, was like, I think I want to pursue a career in acting, hmm. you know? Um, and so I left DreamWorks and, and, you know, started waiting tables, pursuing that career as an actor. And then this was kind of like late 90s. Um, and, you know, th through the years, I, I had a few jobs here and there as an actor. And then I, I started to pick up jobs doing storyboard. So I became a storyboard artist for a while and then, you know, uh, began writing, writing stuff with other people. Um, and then, uh, and then I met my wife, I met my wife in acting class is pretty cliche mm -hmm. in LA. Right. Um, and then at a certain, at a certain point, um, I, 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 I became a little disenchanted dis with no pun intended with, uh, it's happening, but, uh, with, with, uh, with acting and, and I kind of stepped back and the whole while still doing my art, still painting and, um, and then started to kind of see what it could be like writing. Uh, and the first thing I wrote, uh, when I, my manager, uh, my manager at the time read it, he was like, you could sell this. And then my wife, her manager read it, who I really respect Stacey O'Neill. She read the script and she's like, you could, you know, long story short, I found out, um, that I, I was pretty, uh, a decent, I could write, I was decent at writing. From that point, I started to realize that there was the potential of, 
um, fusing all of these things that I was relatively good at into one thing possibly. Cause in order for me to write, I've always been visual. I had to see it. And I remember at a certain point, uh, there was a script I wrote before Sam and Kate, a, a thriller that I'm going back and I'm rewriting. That's going to be the next thing I want to do. Um, and at the time it was actually getting some legs. I thought it might be my first film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually my wife that pushed me to write this script. Like if you're nervous about writing your next one, you have to do it. Um, and of course she was right. And I remember that was seven years ago when we were in Montreal, she was shooting a rival and I wrote the first draft of Sam and Kate in five weeks. Uh, and, you know, over the course of years, it, 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 they evolved and, and, and changed, but it was, it was a weird, so, I mean, it's kind of a long winded answer to your, to your question, but it was a, it was over time, to be honest with you. I, uh, there was a lot, I still, I really love actors. I love the psychology of getting into character and, and backstory and history. And I just love it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess finding, finally getting in a place where I could fuse all of those things I was pretty good at mm-hmm. into one thing and, and, and try it out. And um uh, you know, it was a nice, it was nice to, to find that I actually really knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and also I was really lucky over the course of, you know, the two decades I've been with Amy, she's worked with some of the best directors in, uh, in Hollywood. And fortunately I would go to visit her on sets and not knowing at the time, this is what I was going to eventually do, but I shadowed like Mike Nichols, <laughs> you know, in video village, I, I shadowed Joe Wright. I shadowed, you know, I, I sat down with Spike Jones bless his heart. He's so sweet. I sat down with him for two hours when I wrote this script and I knew I wanted to make it. And I called him up and I was like, would you be willing to sit down and talk to me? And he sat with me in his apartment for two hours and just talked to me about his process of when actors come on and, and how he'll have conversations with them and bring in some of their life experiences and meld them with the character. And this kind of stuff was just gold. It was like I was in film school yeah, um, without even really fully being aware of it um, early on. But I think uh, so I acquired a lot of knowledge that way as well. Um, and um, yeah, gradually got to this point. Hmm. And all those conversations you had with some of these iconic directors, um, were you typically just asking them the, you know, the freshest question on your mind or how did you think about probing their minds? I guess, what kind of questions to ask? Well, when it came to a lot of the guys on set that I was, they were nice enough to let me sit with them and kind of, experience them directing it was very seldom that i would ask them questions on set i would just sit and observe mm-hmm. and for example joe wright would come over to me and be like i never i, I tell them what i want and then i walk away why because i they try to convince me of shooting the shot differently so he would come over and then he'd walk up and do you know and 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 go to to direct or go do other things but every once in a while i'd come over and drop these pearls of wisdom in my lap uh all the while hanging on to that stuff but really it was just observing you know, watching, I'll, I'll never forget Mike Nichols watching, there was a scene, it was Charlie Wilson's war up in the Atlas Mountains and Amy's doing this scene with Tom Hanks and it's really, most of the scene is them listening mm-hmm. to this refugee tell her story and I'll never forget it. I was sitting there he's on Tom and Amy and this refugee's telling him something and there's just this subtle reaction that they're having to the woman's story and I hear next to me, you know, God, and he can barely get it out. I look over and there's a tear coming on his face. And I was like, oh, he's so in it. He's so in it. And there was something about that, uh, not knowing. I mean, now in, in reflection going, oh, my God, that's I was so drawn to that. But I, there was something about that that I was like, oh, I want I, I want to know about that. 
Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's, he's here to direct telling the story, but, but he's, but he's so invested in it that, um, and then he, and then he was like, we're moving on. You know, he, uh, there was something, I don't know. There's something about that magic that I found pretty, uh, intoxicating. Um, and to answer your question, since I kind of skirted around it, when I sat with Spike, I think I was really, the biggest questions I had were just how he interacted with his cast before he actually, before they landed on set, you know, what kind of prep, um, you know, his, he, he just gets incredible performances out of his actors. And it was very sweet of him to share any bit of the knowledge uh, and take the time with me. Do you kind of looking back, do you see all these kind of different stepping stones is like, is it all just under the storytelling umbrella? Do you kind of see it all as, as I'm a storyteller now, or what, how do you, do you think about things like that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and actually a friend of mine and I, we, we made a graphic novel uh, several years back and um, you know, at some point we'll release that. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's always been storytelling. I'm, I'm interested in stories. I'm interested in the human experience and, you know, the mystery of who we are, why we're here, what this is all about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So I think so. I think in whatever medium it's been, it's, yeah, I've always been kind of drawn to story. You've had so many um, like visual mediums, I guess, like art director and some of those things. Is there anything that's missing on the page? Does it feel reductive to kind of try to just write everything out in exposition? Do you create a lookbook along with a script? Um, anything like that you do that's extra? Always create, yeah. Always have a lookbook. Um, visually create, yeah, yeah. To and also, um, I'll I would draw out kind of some, uh, you know, preliminary uh, scenes. Uh, I, even for this one, when I was first kind of trying to attract, and you know, when we first met with some of the producers, and we were trying to attract. Uh, financiers i did kind of an animatic of bill and 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 his his little scooter of the opening of the film Mm -hmm. Uh, and so i drew that and was all motion and everything just to give people an idea i was like visually i knew how i wanted to the scene to go Mm -hmm. um uh so that was yeah i think that was a real benefit being able to um convey the ideas visually even on set I would have people go, eh, I want to, and I would flip the sides over and be like, I think it's going to be like this, you know, and just draw the. So, yeah, I think that was kind of to the benefit um, on 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 set being able to do that stuff, you know. Did you have any um, difficulties? A lot of like you know debut filmmakers, it can be hard to go from you spend a lot of time planning. Then you also, when you get to set, you want to be open to change things that feel right in the moment. Do you have any advice about those balance of things and having a North Star, but still being open to changing? Well, I think what you just said is on the money. It's having the North Star, it's knowing the track. uh, And then, but also I love collab. Like my favorite thing is collaborating. Um, And, you know, I was able, it's fortunate enough to, to be able to collaborate with the actors for about a year and a half, two years before we ever landed on set. So we worked on the script. I, we talked about the characters, the backstory. And I even on the day, I feel I, I'll still, re- it was one scene in the film where, where Jake, uh, we were sitting out waiting to set up the shot and everything. And there was an, a, a, a little web worm or some kind of worm 
and he picked it up and then everybody was just kind of sitting. I was like, no, 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 shoot that, <laughs> get that. This is, this is gold, you know? So I love that kind of stuff. I, I, I like having the shot list. I like having things planned out what we're going to do, but then fully being open to anybody and everybody's ideas. The cast, it starts with them and then, you know, the crew. Uh, I, I just, you know, multiple brains are always better than one, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when they're coming at you with really incredible creative ideas. Um, and I, I, I'd be remiss to like not hear all of them and try and, and, and want to try stuff out. So if I answer your question, yeah, I think like knowing the track and knowing how to, to, to stay on and, and knowing that we can teeter back and forth uh, and knowing how far to let people teeter, you know, and still to, to stay on the track of the story. Hmm. Um, I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed kind of navigating. That was fun. Without giving, you know, too much plot away, what was kind of the kernel of the idea? Where did this idea come from? What, where did it kind of start? Well, initially there were scenes. I saw specific scenes or there was moments that would have that some of the, you know, it's not autobiographical, this film, but definitely lifted from um, some experiences that have, that there were, that were initially had happened there that, that I experienced growing up. I grew up in, in Texas in the Bible belt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, it, you know, having some of those things that, that, were originally started from there and then they evolved as we work on the script and as you know uh the different actors come in and they have their ideas about the character and then we have like a mutual conversation about that character's backstory and why they might be in this particular space at this time period uh and so that kind of it evolves as we as we continue you know to go through the process of of pre-production and 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 even when we're shooting you know there would be ideas on the day um that only enhanced it, you know? Um, yeah. Um, what were some of the, you mentioned based on Spike Jones's advice, were there any specific conversations that come to mind with Dustin Hoffman or Sissy Spacek that might've changed those characters some once you casted them? Yeah. You know, they had all, all, all four of them had the main four had a lot of uh, really great ideas. Um, you know, Dustin would come to me kind of on a daily basis in the morning and he'd be like, I have some ideas, got some notes. And so we would kind of go through it. And, you know, even there's a, there's a scene where he dances with um, Sissy. And I remember he, you know, if I can share one, he he came to me and said, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe Bill should be looking at his feet. And I was like, interesting. He's like, you know, I personally, I, I, I'm not a big dance in this and that. And I just feel like maybe, and I, he, before you get, get the rest of it, I was like, please, you got to do that. You got to do that. I, I kind of approached it is there, there is no, as far as the actors, like my approach was like, there is no right or wrong here. There's no right or wrong here. You, 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 you know, um, there's just things that are closer to the truth. Right. Um, and I think we're everybody that was our main goal is just to be as truthful and, and get as close to the the truth of these characters and who they are and how they would react in certain situations. Um, but I wanted I, I, I it was really about providing a space where they felt safe enough that there was no right or wrong way to do. You know, to to react in certain situations. Um and that less is more a little bit, but yeah, I think it, it, even with Sissy, I think early on Sissy had read 
an earlier draft. And in one of our conversations, he's like, I, you know, and I had, it was a different ending and I don't want to say too much to give anything away here, but it was a different ending. And so he was like, mm, you have all these things. I feel like it really should just be the two of them. And I was like, Oh, interesting. And at the time it was first, like first or second conversation I was having with her. And so I was taking notes, you know? Um, and, uh, some really good you know she also had like a lot of ideas for her character her backstory a certain you know um her character's a hoarder in the film hmm. without giving i guess people will know that me saying that but um she also but but in the if rewinding in her character's history like knowing that you know potentially she might have been a librarian who was really organized at one point and it was about order and structure and how that kind of could spread out of control given certain uh you know, her, you know, some of the traumas and, and life experiences the character's gone through and how those would manifest. So that kind of stuff, those specific details, they were both super detail oriented, which was great. It only, you know, makes these tiny little moments even, you know, more, uh, the more specificity you could find, the better. And, and honestly, Jake and Skyler were the same. They, they were right there with, with ideas and, I don't. I, I was. I was going to tell you one story. But I'm like, oh, I don't. It'll give too much away. I'll just say that I altered some things in the third act, given on some, given some of what Skyler had told me just about being a singer and uh, performing in front of people, and especially if it was something where it was a, a, a an, an intimate thing. Um, and and her sharing that knowledge, I completely saw it when she was talking to me and I was like, Oh, I know what the ending is going to be. And I re completely rewrote the ending based off of some of the stuff they said. So love collaboration. So you're kind of in a unique position to get your foot in the door through various relationships you've had over time. Do you have any advice for kind of first time writer directors? Does it help to, you know, attach yourself as director, knowing you've written the script, you know, no one knows it better than you, anything like that, that might help a novice writer kind of break in or novice writer director. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think that, I think it's, I, I am in a pretty unique position given, uh, you know, that I have access to agents and, and I know who's people, you know, who, who to get a script to, to, to read um and there's so many of them that get to them so i think kind of um shoot for the moon you know i think the first thing i can say is if you've got an idea that you're like i think warren Beatty would be incredible for this or whoever he just came away shoot for the moon like get it find out who his reps are get it to his agent you know um know that a first draft is never going to be the final draft. It's going to constantly be changing if you're and be open to that because knowing uh, that it'll, it, it will evolve, it's going to evolve into what it's supposed to be. And I think it can be to a, a first time director, writer, especially if you really know it and you want to get it made and you want to work with people that will elevate not only the material, but you you have to be, I think you really have to look at being open to what your vision is and knowing like what we were saying as far as like staying on the road and getting knocked off the road, what have you. Um, knowing how much you can, um, I think being flexible and being open is imperative once you actually, if you get 
actors interested and someone interested in the in, in your project, I think being open to their ideas um, will only benefit you if that makes sense. Don't be, I think holding on too tight, um, it, it, it ultimately it won't serve you. And if anything, you'll learn like a first time writer or a first time director getting into the position. Once you've gone through the experience, you can look back and you realize, okay, you learn certain things along the way. Um, and it's funny. I've equated, I've talked to a few friends. Um, it's kind of like trying to tell somebody what it's like to have a kid. <laughs> You can prep all you want. You get your room painted. You can get the, you know, whatever you need to get ready for. But once you just not to prepare you for mm. that. And, and anybody that has a kid can kind of understand that. And I kind of felt the same way about diving in and, and doing this. Like there were things that I, you know, I knew because I've been around it for a long time. And there was other things that I had no idea that I learned, you know? Um, and it's just, it's doing your best to keep your ego in check keeping that kind of in the background because you know ego is the great it could be the it can be the great the great uh killer of creativity to quote my old acting coach Warner Laughlin who's incredible that's always stuck with me ego can kill ego is the great killer of creativity so that's my long-winded advice (laughs) (laughs) so is there I think you you made a short you've been on uh, lots of sets over the years but if there was ever a moment of particular overwhelm, what did you kind of do to, to conquer that? Did you, do you have, you know, meditations or breaks or any, anything that might help people? Uh, you, you, as far as you mean being overwhelmed, like if you're, if you're like, casting like, something or overwhelmed like, sitting across from dust and to, yeah. Well, I would say any day, anytime during the day on set where it felt like, you know, a hundred problems to solve. This is happening. Like, what did you kind of do about that? Oh, well, here's what I will say. I have two really solid producers uh, that have been with me since the very beginning, Orion Williams, Ben Shields Catlin. And this, they, this was what, what was wonderful about this experience was that no one was getting really paid a lot of money. So everybody was there because they believed in it. Uh, and it's, but the story and it spoke to them in some way. And so that was a real gift. Um, but I think having producers to help uh, facilitate everything that's coming, because you're going to get, you're absolutely right. It's a, a, a constant barrage of creative problem solving. Because you have one location that you're meant to shoot at tomorrow. You have 20 days to shoot the film. That location just dropped out and you're halfway through shooting something right now. And now you're having to figure out, wait, are we going to be able to make our days or that, or did they have a, so fortunately if you're able to surround yourself with uh, a crew that you can trust, that's all on board, you know, Mm. hopefully they'll help you navigate through some of that stuff. And honestly, it's just taking a moment. Like you were saying, if you start to get overwhelmed or if it starts to be too much, just going and sitting in the chair for a minute and just taking a moment, breathing. Um, I did my best to just stay focused on, story and character mm-hmm. um by the time we got there i had a really great dp frankie demarco who's incredible um and he and i would kind of look at the situation look at what we had and our possibilities for the best kind of shots and then you know rehearsing the actors um and also being open to their uh their ideas about uh the shots or what might feel better more organic to them i'm always open to that 
you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's, but it, I'll bring, and I'll, I'll say this thing on, on, is my last part of this answer to, to this question. But, uh, you know, my wife has said it's, it's, it's kind of reminding yourself when you're in the moment and everything that's coming at you that's so stressful and all these things are happening is just taking a moment to go, I'm grateful for this. Hmm. I'm grateful for the stress. I'm grateful for this, for this moment. I've been working really hard to get to this place. And if anything, I just have to keep my feet on the ground and stay focused on the task at hand in the moment, you know, um, and just uh, having a bit of that gratitude in your pocket will go, it goes a long way. I think that's kind of a, a perfect place to wrap up. Is there anything we miss you want to say about the film or any other details? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I hope everybody gets a chance to see it. It's getting to see you know, and I had I had Dustin a couple times look at me and go, I don't know if this has been done before. <laughs> I know that you know, a, a, you know, like on Golden Pond, you had um, a father, a daughter, uh, but two actors and their and their offspring all in a film together is pretty special. Hmm. There's this built-in uh, history that they already all have, hmm. you know, which is really um, a lot of fun because it's only this additive net there. And so that part of it is amazing when it comes to getting to see what they do. Mm. And on top of that, I'd like to mention that um, huge fan and have been a huge fan of the cure for years. And Roger O'Donnell, the keyboardist from the cure who we procured through Orion Williams. Um, one of the coolest guys in Hollywood. He, he was one of the producers. It just happened to be uh, that Roger had been wanting to score a film for years and the timing was right. And when I talk about someone who's super talented, who does not lead with their ego, it's Roger O'Donnell. He showed up and we had a real good time working on the score in this film. I was able actually to go out in, in London and, and sit in his studio in Devon and work on it too. And that was pretty wild to be like shooting in South Georgia and then to be in London like later that year. And you're like, wait, this is so bizarre. But so, and, and then he brought his magic and it, and it, you know, it changed, it changes the, the vibe of the film. He, he, he added his, his color to it and I can't thank him enough. And I hope to, I get to uh, do more work with him. Um, but uh, outside of that, I just, I'd like to uh, thank you for having me on. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for, and uh, one other thing I can add for first time writers, directors, do your best to kind of surround yourself if you're able with people that are better than you. Mm. And I mean, more knowledgeable, not like, you know, maybe better dress or whatever, <laughs> no <laughs> people that are like more knowledgeable people that have been doing it. And it's kind of like, you know, it's back in the days of going on the basketball court. You want to play with the best players because the only way you're going to get better is if you're playing with the guys that are dunking on you and blocking your shots and stuff. So I, I feel very much that way. I felt really supported in my, you know, the art team we had, Jennifer Deegan, who is incredible. Everybody just was there uh, and they, you know, sacrificed time from their families and their life. And it was because they believed in it. And it, I think it really translates, you know, um, into the film. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. So many great lessons on screenwriting there. If you're looking for some more information, though, some more about the craft of writing for television, uh, we have a new chorus called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. 
Uh, this includes shows with Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandaVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.